Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Yakima. I'm Dusty, one of the pastors here. Uh, hope you're doing well wherever you are viewing this from. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but those of us here in the Yakima Valley, it has been ridiculously hot. I'm pretty sure the other day I was out drinking my coffee on my patio and I saw two hobbits with a ring walking through my backyard. I think they were looking for Mount Doom. It's just, it's been hot and dry and kind of oppressively hot and dry, a little bit like Mordor. Um, and so I, at least personally, am praying for there to be a cooling off of the valley. Uh, my wife and I are doing a little project out on our patio, and when it is this hot, I have absolutely no inspiration whatsoever to work outside. So at least I'm praying for that. Um, this week, we're going to continue on in the Gospel of John. Um, as each week, I'm going to begin with talking about how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. He's the way for us to follow. It's not just enough for us to worship God. We're called to emulate the lifestyle of Jesus, to be the people of the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is literally all truth. He is the primary revelation of God's character. And Jesus is the life. Through Jesus, he gives us life, both now and forevermore. Let's go ahead and pray real quick, and we're going to jump into the gospel. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God, would you open up the scripture to us? Would you show us who your son is, who Jesus was, Father God? Holy Spirit, would you enlighten, would you bring me light, would you shine light on your scriptures and show us how to live and how to follow in Jesus' footsteps? Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Amen. So beginning in John 12, verse 20, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee with their request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find the true life and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor upon your life. See here, Jesus is telling them of his coming death. Not only that, but he's telling them what's gonna come afterwards. He mentions that it takes his death for the kingdom of God to advance. And he also says that where he goes, we should go. That God will honor those who serve 
Jesus. You know, so many times, and particularly in our, our society, we just try to pamper ourselves. We try to make sure that we're comfortable. We try to make everything easy if possible. We don't have a view of caring for others above ourselves. We don't have a view for serving God over our own interests. And Jesus is telling his disciples here that if you just cherish your own life, if, in other words, if you only look after number one, if it's only, you know, I'll take care of me and mine and everyone else can just, well, you know, in this circumstance, they would be going to hell, right? Like they wouldn't know Jesus because you're not following Jesus. You're not serving Jesus. You're not showing Jesus to them because all you're doing is taking care of yourself. And Jesus says here that if we give our life, if we give our life to him, if we put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if we can first lay down our life and offer that life to God, that God will give us a blessed life. You know, he also says that God is going to bless those who serve him. Are you serving Jesus? Here's my three questions to you this morning. How are you serving Jesus now, today? What is God calling you to set your hand to? And finally, what would you be willing to sacrifice to see that happen? What if God told you to give up coffee? <laughs> I mean, that seems like a really simple little silly thing, right? But like, what things in your life do you feel like are non-negotiable? Like, God, you can have this part of my life, or you can have this, but don't ask me to do, you know, X, Y, or Z. What areas of your life are just non-negotiable to you to hand over to God? And, and why? Why is that? Why is that more important to you than eternal life? That's my question to you this morning. That's my question to me this morning. As I was praying through this message, that's what I felt the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Are you willing to sacrifice for my sake? Are you willing to sacrifice for others' sakes? Are you willing to say, you know, God, you first, and then others second, and then me third? Are you willing to do that? These are my friends, Kim and Jed Johnson. They're beautiful, amazing people. Um, Jed is actually one of my favorite people. He and I, uh, last time they were here in the US um, speaking at the Northwest Vineyard Conference, he and I tooled around uh, Portland together. We were running his daughter over to his parents' house. And um, uh, basically we just had long conversations about pop culture because <laughs> he and I both are, are fans of that uh, but they run this ministry called Wide Awake Ministry and I took a little excerpt from their um, from their website so I'm going to just read their little bio here and hopefully you can see the pictures on the screen behind me uh, Jed and Kim Johnson are co-founders of Wide Awake International they say we aren't super special people we're just two people who fell in love with Jesus and decided to say yes to the next thing that he presented to us. 
Our journey in Ukraine is a journey of simply saying yes. We live outside Zithomir, Ukraine, with our six children, Adelena, Ezra, Havila, Seth, and Vladik, and Evangeline. She's the littlest. Uh, in our former lives in the U.S., Kim was a pediatric nurse at the local hospital, and Jed managed programs for local nonprofits that serve families and children at risk. I'm going to talk about this picture behind me in a minute, but um, basically the genesis of this story, as Kim tells it, is she was reading this blog about um, these orphanages in the Ukraine, um, and the particular orphanage that they felt served, uh, called to go serve it houses young men. Um, and they explain, I've heard them speak a number of times, I've spoken with them personally a couple of times to kind of hear the story. Um, in Ukrainian society, they don't, they're not really set up to care for um, people who have uh, developmental or disabled um, struggles. And so basically they have institutional orphanages where they warehouse these young men. Um, and there's a certain amount of shame involved in their society that if one of your kids has some of these issues, so say like, you know, um, some of the developmental, cognitive, uh, physical disabilities that in their society, if, if your child has that, there's a certain amount of shame involved. And so uh, most of the parents voluntarily give up their kids and house them in these state-run institutions. Um, they're very underfunded. Um, there is a, an amount of um, graft that occurs with government officials and such that oversees these institutions. Um, it's just, it's a struggle. And so they went over, after reading this article, they felt like they wanted to go visit um, and that the Holy Spirit was moving them. And so they went and visited and their hearts broke and their hearts broke for the least of these. Uh, these young men will never be able to do anything for them. Uh, they will never be able to, I mean, other than, you know, that they love and are loved. Um, but I mean, like, you know, as far as financially, um, helping to support the house, you know, different things like that. Most of these young men aren't going to be able to contribute. Um, and so it is purely just a calling of God to care for the least of these, that they're hurting, that they're struggling, that they need help. And they were called to go do this. And they've had boy after boy after boy that they have rescued from this orphanage that have been adopted into the U.S. now. Because they put their picture and they show their circumstances and they say who they are. And they, they're constantly saying, is this your next son? Are you called to rescue one of these boys? And they find people who are. And now I could show you picture after picture. I, I could probably spend a whole morning on just talking about what they're doing. But um, they've had a number of boys adopted. For the boys who aren't getting adopted out, they're building this. So they're building a family home next to their house on the property that they bought over in Ukraine through the ministry. And they're building a family home setting where they have people from the community, young people mostly from the church they're involved in there, 
from the community come in and they work in the home. So basically they are rescuing all of these boys who were put in the state institution where um, they deal with hunger, there's been abuse, there's been, um, they're just not cared for very well. And they're rescuing these precious children of God. These, these young men who bear the imagio Dei, the image of God. All because they said yes. And that's their, that's what they preach. That's what they say is just say yes to God. What's God calling you to? What's your gonna, yes going to be? It may not be to go and build an orphanage over in Ukraine. It may not be to, and, and here's, the, like, here's the other crazy part about what they did. They sold their house. They sold their car. They sold everything they had. They had four kids already, and they moved over to the Ukraine with their four children. Their whole family moved there. They didn't speak the language. They didn't really know people over there. And they trusted God. And God has done a miraculous, amazing things with them. What might God do with you if you said yes? What's your yes going to be? What's God calling you to do? Let's continue on in the scripture. Even though I am torn within and my soul is in turmoil, I will not ask the Father to rescue me from this hour of trial. For I have come to fulfill my purpose to offer myself to God. So, Father, bring glory to your name. Then suddenly, a booming voice was heard from the sky. I have glorified my name, and I will glorify it through you again. The audible voice of God startled the crowd standing nearby. Some thought it was only thunder. Yet others said, an angel just spoke to him. Then Jesus told them, the voice you heard was not for my benefit, but for yours, to help you believe. From this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. I'm going to sit with this for a minute. From this moment on, Jesus says, everything in this world is about to change. Feel the gravity of this moment where Jesus is speaking. Imagine being in the crowd that day. You hear a voice from heaven. You hear the voice of God from heaven speaking. And Jesus says, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. Death is defeated. Pain is defeated. Sickness is defeated. Hurt is defeated. The ugliness of the enemy, the dark ruler of this world, is defeated. Let's take a moment and pray into this. Jesus, you have already won the victory. Jesus, the, the dark ruler of this world, this dark world is overthrown by your sacrifice. Because you said yes, Jesus, because of your yes, we are saved. 
Because of your yes, the enemy has no hold over us. Because we are your children, Lord God. Father, we are your kids alongside Jesus. You said that because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that we are once again unified with you, God. And that we come under new ownership, and we have a new name, and we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the enemy has no hold over us. And I speak that now in the name of Jesus to whoever who's listening here, whatever pain you're going through, whatever struggle you have right now, whatever things, dark dark thoughts or feelings that you're wrestling with right now in this moment as you hear my voice, I say to you that the Lord says the enemy has no hold over you. That Jesus in this moment, in the scripture said that the dark world has been overthrown because of his sacrifice. And when you choose to follow Jesus, as he said in the prior part of the scripture, when you choose to serve him, that God honors you. That you're now one of God's people. And so the enemy has no say over you. And so, Lord, over the Yakima Valley, Lord, we bind the enemy. Lord, we speak out against sickness and death, Lord God. Lord Jesus, would you show your mercy to us? Would you show us your glory, God? Would you reveal yourself? Would you show us... Would you shelter us under the shadow of your wing in the Yakima Valley, Jesus? Would you cover us, God? Lord, would you show us our sonship and our daughtership to you? That we're your kids and you love us, God. Lord, would you make that truth bury itself in our minds and in our spirits? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, I was with a, a couple folks praying this week. We were just, we were kind of praying over the Yakima Valley and particularly regarding the pandemic. Um, and just as I was praying here, it, God reminded me of a picture that he showed me when we were praying. And I saw this picture and um, Jesus was, it started in West Valley. Jesus was in West Valley. And then um, I saw him walking through from West Valley across the valley into East Valley and Moxie, and he, he was wearing, you know, it's like kind of the traditional, you know, the white robe kind of thing, Jesus. And I saw um, these crowds of people lined up as Jesus was walking, and everybody was reaching out, and they were grabbing his hem. They were grabbing, they were touching his robe. And if you remember um, from Scripture, there was a woman who, as Jesus was walking through the crowd, she reached out, and she touched his robe, and she was healed. Um, and so it was, it was similar to that. And so I just, I had this picture of Jesus walking through our valley and that there, he was bringing healing. And so um, if you want to, I felt like that was from the Lord, a picture that he gave me when we were all praying. So if you would like to um, kind of join with us in praying for that, I would, I would just encourage you to pray into that for God to heal our valley. Uh, let's continue on the scripture. And I will do this when I am lifted up off the ground and when I draw the hearts of people to gather them to me. He said this to indicate that he would die by being lifted up on the cross. People from the crowd spoke up and said, Die? How could the anointed one die? The word of God says that the anointed one will live with us forever. But you just said that the Son of Man must be lifted up from the earth. And who is the Son of Man anyway? 
I almost wonder if this guy was planted because what a softball question for Jesus to respond and show them who he is, right? I'm just kidding. That was, I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit moving on someone to ask that question so Jesus could reveal himself. And so Jesus replied. He said, you will have the light shining with you for only a little while longer. While you still have me, walk in the light so that the darkness doesn't overtake you. And when you walk in the dark, you have no idea where you're going. So believe and cling to the light while I am with you, so that you will become children of the light. After saying this, Jesus then entered into the crowd and hid himself from them. It um, reminds me of that song, uh, I, can't, I think it was Phil Keggy or Rich Mullins, I can't remember who sang it, but it's, uh, you know, I'll, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. Um, but it reminds me kind of the scripture uh, of that, of us being in the light of Christ. See, we need the light of Jesus right now more than we ever have. And so I want to end with this question for you. Are you allowing the scripture and the person of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to inform your thoughts and your responses to what is going on in the world? And if the answer is no, is he truly your light? Are you truly following Jesus? If you're not allowing the scripture, if you're not allowing what we know of God and what we know of Jesus to inform how you respond to what's going on in our world right now, with pandemic going on, with um, you know the, the struggle of institutional racism in our society, in how God is addressing um, even some of the foundations uh, of how our country was formed um, and speaking into that. You know, I'm somebody who I deeply believe that God wants to redeem all things. I believe that to my toes or I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing. I, I have to believe God wants to redeem all things. And I know that he loves our country. And I know that he loves us as a people. Not that he loves us more than my friends in South Asia or my friends over in Africa or my friends in Europe. I mean, not that he loves us more, but that he cares for us as his sons and his daughters. And he wants the best for us because he's a good, good father. He's not a crummy father like some fathers are, like I even am sometimes. But he's a good father who loves us and cares for us. And he wants the best for us. So that means he wants to redeem us. He wants to bring us in alignment with his truth and his light and his law and his justice. And so our, our responses as an individual, are they informed by scripture and are they informed by Jesus or are they informed by other voices? And then I'd ask for you to Ask yourself that question today. How is it you're forming how you're responding to the situations that are going on in the world today? Is it considering how Jesus would respond? Is it going to scripture and seeing what scripture says? Or is it just your preferences or so that you're comfortable? In Psalms 119 and 105, it says this. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Let the word of God, 
Let the person of Jesus and his character and who he was, let the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit, let those attitudes and thoughts and ideas and what Jesus showed us of himself in scripture, let those things inform how you respond to the difficulties in our world today. Remember what Jesus said earlier in the scripture, that if you follow him and that if you're serving Jesus, that God honors you. And I don't know about you guys this morning, but I would love for the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the very one who holds my atoms and molecules together, the thought that he would honor me, my creator would honor me because I chose to follow his son is huge. I want that. How about you? God bless you guys. May you have a great week.